0: The 77%. Welcome to The 77%, a radio show for young Africans. I am Michael Oti. Today's show is coming to you from our studios here in Bonn, Germany. Coming up in this week's program, Ghanaians are demanding better leadership.
1: They should lead by example, that they shouldn't just make big promises that they cannot keep, that they should prosecute their own people when they fall short of the law. On Sunday, the government
0: outlawed a planned demonstration by the youth, but they have a message.
2: They should continue using the guns and bullets, but with our bare hands we shall tear the system down and make sure that each and every Ghanaian has a new future that is prosperous, a new future that is dynamic, a new future that provides opportunity for all.
0: This week's program takes a look at the future of Ghana's hashtag fix the country campaign. Is this the awakening of young people? Join the show via Facebook, YouTube or our website. Just search for DW Africa. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Everybody, down top. <laughs> music there for top. Everybody go say yeah.
3: Everybody go say yeah Ready or not We go the come with the wiki design ready for
0: more We go the kill them with the wiki design The master come town today It no be easy for them The two we
3: know they dream Now in the no he no be joke
0: go into your browser and type fix the country and you find lots of young Ghanaians with placards talking about many challenges in their country. On social media, the hashtags FixTheCountry and FixMotherGhana have been trending. These online agitations have become a social movement. But a movement of what exactly? Let's go to our correspondent Isaac Kalechi in Accra for a sense of what young people are saying
4: thank you michael and hello to our listeners around the world uh, i want to welcome you to this edition of the 77 percent debate i have ernesto yabua who is with the economic fighters league uh, one of the conveners of this movement and then i have Malti decider Sadiq, who is a Ghanaian who works in the private sector and then courage nobi a political activist and a government communicator thanks to you all for being part of this debate let me start with you and nestle first of all just tell us how did we get to this place with fix the country or fix mother ghana now
2: well the living conditions of the people are far more expressive than all the speeches that the political establishment um, would want to give in response to such conditions, and we've seen it um more often than not where the people are complaining, we are hungry, things are bad, things are difficult, life is tough, and it doesn't make the headline so that's denialism um underpins uh, this 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 new uh movement for i mean of young people um coming out to say that you know what things are not as good as you want us um to believe they are because we are living
4: those realities Maltese, what what do you also make of this latest movement asking for the country to be fixed is it something you really support
1: okay so um I think most of the time when this happens, young people are those that are affected the most because um, as it stands now, the rate of unemployment in the country is high. And so if you don't have a job, you are faced with high skyrocketing um, rent charges. You have fuel prices going up. You have taxes increasing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Finding stable jobs that are well-paying is another issue. And you talk about
4: some of the many challenges. Personally, how frustrated have you been about the challenges you face on a daily basis if you could share with us some of some of those challenges.
1: Okay so you say that there's um, I traveled all the way from the northern region coming to the capital of Ghana in Accra in search for a job because back in the northern region they are really no high paying um, jobs. It's very difficult to be paid your worth and your educational level. So I came here to struggle and find a job. And so it, it's really frustrating. As a young woman of 28 years, you finish school in 2016 and you still are trying to lay your hands on a job that you can be comfortable. will be able to pay you enough to pay your rent, to take care of your electricity bills, to take care of your water bills, to clothe yourself, to take care of transportation and your feeding needs. It's, it's not easy at all.
4: And so have you been wanting this platform to come for you to express your, 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 your frustration? It appears that it's something that many young people you see on social media have been wanting for a long time.
1: Fix the country now, fix Ghana now, has been long overdue because our politicians, our leaders that we elect into this high positions to enact change in our society have been promising us big promises promises that are way above what they can deliver. And so we give them the mandates with the hope that at least they'll be able to deliver it to some extent that will be able to change our lives or make our lives better and not as frustrated as it is now. So fix the country we have to see results because this is the only way that we can get accountability from our leaders. That we elected to be in those positions to lead Mother Ghana to a better place. Now,
0: Maltiti Sadiq mentioned the unemployment situation in Ghana. And here is some context. Some studies show that only 10% of university students or graduates find jobs one year after completing school. And bear in mind that more than 270,000, that is 270,000 young people graduate every year from public and private universities. So that's a lot of young people. Let's go back to Isaac Kalechi.
4: You're still listening to the 77% debate from Accra, Ghana. We are looking at a movement that is developing in Ghana among young people who are asking that their country be fixed. They are actually trending on... Uh, social media particularly twitter where they are using the hashtag fix the country or fix mother ghana to actually get their political leaders to be accountable uh, for their stewardship i'm isaac college courage let me have your reaction to what these young people really have been agitating over on social media i'm sure you've been following what has been going on on social media what's your reaction to the agitations that are
3: coming from young people Thank you very much. Um, I think broadly, um, I would say that I appreciate the concerns being expressed by my fellow young people. Um, if you are in this country, there are so many frustrations at so many different levels. Institutionally, uh, business is not well facilitated as it should be. Um, institutionally, uh, road network, health infrastructure, there are so many things presently that need attention by government. The So to that extent, I agree and I I sympathize with their concerns. In fact, throwing COVID and there's been so many difficulties that we face as a people. So it's true that immediate push, I mean, we are not even post COVID, but uh, post 2020, we've gone into some very severe difficulties. I mean, price hikes, you know, some of us political actors and watchers expected it, you know, but I know the average ordinary citizen Probably does not concern himself so much with these things to expect this. So, the shock for us will be different. So, you look at that price of cement, price of food, everything seems to be skyrocketing. Was I expected? Yes. Is it anybody's fault? No. It's just the uh, dictates of economics, uh, demand and supply, and all the forces that inform prices and all of that. So, I understand and I agree. Government communicators, they say
4: the government is fixing their problems. Have you been impressed with your reaction to these agitations so far?
1: I think that how they handled the COVID-19 pandemic and response was good and that we even got international recognition for our response to COVID-19. That notwithstanding, when the hashtag Fix the Country Now started, you realise that some communicators on Twitter, on social media platforms were posting things that the language was very, very negative, and it didn't seem to help the course of that protest. Recently, we have heard about them putting an injunction on us protesting on the streets, and they are citing COVID-19 protocols as um, the reasons or the basis why. But we were in this country when, during elections, politicians were campaigning without regard to the COVID-19 protocols. So we say, Lead by example. We want to you to lead exemplary lives that we can emulate, that we can look up to and know that you are really fixing the problems in this country and that when our voices rise and you listen to us, we will all collectively fix the problems that we are facing in this country so that we will all be liberated.
4: But do you think they are fixing the problems?
1: No. I think they are just talking, nobody is really listening. We are, we are in for a tough ride from now to God knows when till they decide to sit down with us and let us come to a consensus and show us a roadmap of how they are fixing this country. But for now, they are not fixing the country.
2: I would hope that they would um, do more listening than they are currently doing because as it stands, they are, they, they, they are not listening. Everything they have done is to twat our efforts at speaking is to suppress the voice of the people so we say okay we want to go back on a demonstration they say that you know what uh, that cannot happen but you come and let's talk whilst we are doing the talking they proceed to court and then secure an injunction on our blind side but it is quite very clear to us and to many young people out there that our leaders are incapable of lifting this country out of the doldrums of poverty, disease, pain, and squalor. And so it looks like um, what is happening is a call for a new leadership. And that new leadership is about to emerge from
4: young people. Let me hear from you, courage. For many young people who have seen what your government has actually done over the years, it appears that they
3: seem not to be really impressed. What they are calling for now is some level of urgency, some strong urgency, some i mean sense of urgency in tackling the issues. And, and that is exactly what uh, this government is about. I want to assure them that the government will move with alacrity. So a lot of
0: you have been sending us messages on our Facebook platform, DW Africa. Um, it's one of the hottest topics on our Facebook page. Frank Kwame Asari says that Ghana indeed needs fixing but we should also consider the havoc caused by COVID-19. Our economy was doing very well before the pandemic. Cornelius Phronesis Tamaklo says that they have spent all these years stealing state funds and now that the country is broke and the economy thrown into a recession, they have decided to tax Ghanaians. But Mora Anthony says, that's true. The economy is in shambles. Cost of living is high. Inflation is also too high. Our country Ghana needs to be fixed. Now, in the heat of these online agitations, when it all started, on Twitter, um, a leading member of the government, Frank Arnold-Dompre, had this to say to the young people. And he listed the following. You don't pay your taxes. You take bribes. You destroy state property. You don't go to work on time. Then he concluded by asking the youth to fix themselves. So there, this is a counter hashtag to fix the country. So the question is, where is all of this going? Let's head back to Accra.
4: Now let's talk about the way forward. What really happens next with this movement? Let me start with you, Eneso What really is the game plan?
2: Well, it is going to go as far as it's, I mean, it can go. And uh, that's the beauty of an amorphous organization. It has no shape and form it can take anything any day and um, we are quite happy with that because it has been driven by the people they should continue using the courts they should continue using the police they should continue using the guns and bullets but with our bare hands we shall tear the system down and make sure that each and every Ghanaian has a new future that is prosperous, a new future that is dynamic, a new future that provides opportunity for all. They don't know what they are fighting, they are fighting a 6G generation, they are fighting a generation that is smarter and that, that is far more intelligent than them.
1: We want them to know our demands. What we want changed, the quality of governance that we want to see, the quality of democracy that we want to see, that they should lead by example, that they shouldn't just make big promises that they cannot keep, that they should prosecute their own people when they fall short of the law or when they um, renege on obeying rules and regulations and upholding the constitution of Ghana. And so this with a multiplicity of issues is why we are saying that they should fix the country it is nothing political. Thank you
4: so much, all of you. And Nestor Yeboah from the Economic uh, Fighters League, one of the conveners of the Fix the Country movement in Ghana. Also, you heard me speak to Maltiti Saida Sadiq, who is an ordinary Ghanaian who works in the private sector, who is actually really concerned about the state of the country and hopes that political leaders are able to fix the problems in the country and also courage noby uh, also join us for this debate uh, he is a political activist and also a government communicator thank you so much for being part of this debate well this debate came to you from accra ghana i'm isaac Conley and i want to now hand you over back to michael in the studios in Bonn. over to you michael
0: so That debate came to you from Accra in Ghana. Let's turn our attention to the east of Africa. One other country that has a teeming youth is Uganda. And early this year, several of them demonstrated over elections that they thought were flawed. How did that end? Let's head over to Uganda to find out if people think that young people have the power to change what their governments do.
1: The constitution, the power is there. They can just talk and lament, but as long as government is not ready, it it cannot do what they want. They can just keep on lamenting, we don't have this, we don't have this, but what can they do? It's upon the government to say, yes, we can do this for the youths, but I don't think the youths themselves have the powers.
3: One thing I know this government listens to the language of striking, so if the youth can get to the streets and um, demand for what um, they deserve, that's when the government can listen. Otherwise, uh, the rhetoric cannot help. You can only use uh, striking or demonstrations to amplify their voices and demands. Without using that, this government does not listen to, to mere talk. No one has the powers to push Uganda's government to deliver in services. Neither the youth nor the elderly, no one has the powers. The government just cares about a few individuals who are in the top positions. So, I don't think anything can happen to the youths. I think young people, probably in other countries, have
4: such a power. But if you look across Africa, where there's lack of democracy, the power of young people in terms of uh, asserting themselves or maybe carrying out demonstrations or petitions is not allowed to prevail because of the excessive force that is deployed to deal with that kind of
0: situation so you heard from some um, people in Uganda on what they think the power of the youth is but what do you think how do you think that Ghana's youth agitation is going to end? Do you think they'll be able to force their government to provide better services for them? That wraps up this week's show. Do join us again next week, but in the meantime, remember to keep the conversation going online. On behalf of the production team here in Bonn, this is Michael Lutti. And until next time, thanks for listening
2: on that easy